Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Cities Raquel, founder of Empowering Light Language, an inclusive nurturing space where people get to connect, improve their communication and create community and lives that light them up as they respect their inner knowing and partnering with their bodies. Ah, oh, fantastic. Cities, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're so, so welcome. Hey, can you expand a bit more on, you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you'd love to work with? I really love working with people that are looking to connect with their bodies more and actually include it in the creation of their lives. So mm. that can, that looks like a lot of different ways. And given my background as a speech language pathologist, learning behavioral specialist and feeding therapist, I find that a lot of people that either they themselves or someone that they love has some kind of neurodivergence like autism, ADHD, ADD, they come to me because of that expertise, Mm. not just because of that, like the credentials, but because I actually see them as a gift. Um, Unfortunately, and this is what I dealt with with my siblings who have special abilities and special needs as well, a lot of times people are told implicitly or explicitly that the world would be better without them. And I think people pick up on the vibe that I actually don't agree with that sentiment and that I actually think that the world is better with those who have neurodivergence and that are that think and create and connect and communicate differently. And mm. so I support people who would like to actually communicate their own way and create their lives given that this is coming from a place of that being a strength and a gift instead of something that should be avoided or ignored. Ah, I couldn't love that more. I mean, it's so empowering. And to be brash, fuck it, I'm a gift. If we can all (laughs) say that and be like, yeah, you're damn straight, this is my superpower. Absolutely. Turn that, what, perceived weakness into a strength. Because we can leverage that. Oh my gosh, so beautiful messaging. Um, What what do you find with, with your clients that come through? What is it that you find time and time again is like the first hurdle. What's the thing you have to help them with to start with to fully take in everything that you that you teach? Really starting with, no matter if it's family and child coaching or an individual that's coming to me, is really getting their yes and their no with their body. Mm. Really starting to detox anywhere that they've been told that their body is something hateful or not valuable, that it's ugly, if they've been having illness or or allergies, chronic pain, and their relationship with their body has been a bit off, mm. crunchy, 
a bit where a bit crunchy yeah that's a lovely way of putting it because there is that absolute resistance that we feel and sometimes it's like yeah it's not quite that but it's just a little bit of something it's a beautiful way of putting at it i think we can all sort of feel feel that level of, of sort of mini resistance should we say a little bit those little micro moments of like <laughs> and then there's also those that like that can relate to my journey where I used to have chronic pain and I used to have chronic illness I had allergies and I was on the verge of death in my 20s where it's supposed to be the most fun and light time of your life where you're partying and you're dancing all night and you're having sex with anybody you want to have sex with and I and I was just in a lot of pain and was really, really sick. And the doctors were telling me that I had to make some major changes. Mm. But one of the major changes that they didn't tell me until I found a very special person was I needed to change my relationship with my body. And so I think that's one of the first hurdles that a lot of people don't even consider is if you are really present and communicating with your body like your best friend, you can use it for any area of your life to mm. make things clearer and easier for you. I love that. I mean, I, before our, before our podcast, I dropped into a meditation and it was, I love you and I'm listening just to my body, just to reset myself. There is something so beautiful about having that relationship with, with yourself, our mind, our soul, our body, they're different entities. If we can treat it as such, oh my gosh, you can then, there's that slight bit of distance and now you can engage in a different way. So this, this body, this, this vehicle of mine in this world, I've got to take care of it. And it is in the moment, always. Maybe you can talk to this. My body is always in the moment, in the present moment. It cannot be in the future. It cannot be in the past. Yet our mind oh, spends most of the time worrying about the future or anxious about the past. This lack of connection. I disagree with that a little bit, Mark. Oh, bring it in. Yeah, let's do I it. I actually disagree with that a little bit. I think that our bodies can be in the in the past and in the future ineffectively if we're not with them. Uh-huh. But definitely our minds are can be all over the place. So if we are, can be really, really present with our bodies now, sometimes it can receive information about our future that can guide us. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, when I traveled the world in Thailand, I didn't have Wi-Fi. I was traveling by myself. And everyone thought I was going to be human trafficked or assaulted or robbed or something. I was like, no, it's fine. I got my body. I'm good. And mm -hmm. I, I had a great um, local guest house that I was staying in, which, which, which I highly recommend if you're ever staying in Thailand. Don't stay at like a Holiday Inn in Thailand. Stay at a local, like they get the tips in there. They'll give you all the nooks and crannies of where you should go. And so I was walking around late at night in Thailand and every intersection, I would be like, okay, left, right, or straight, left, right, or straight. And there'd be times where my body would be like, absolutely not. Don't go that way. Not even just like mm. go this way, but like, don't go that way. And it was, I think that from, actually, I know now there was something that it was picking up on that wouldn't have been safe for me. So I never had any close calls. I mm. never had any moments of like, oh my gosh, I'm so concerned about where I'm traveling or getting lost. Cause it would, it would meander and show me where I was going to go. And there's a sense of futurism to that, mm. that we can tap into with it. But it's only if we've learned how to really master that connection and communicate with our bodies in this present moment. Because a lot of times it's picking up on stuff that we're not even realizing because we're all over the place with our mind. Because we have been so trained to overthink. So yeah, that's, that's mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, the, the body picking up on, if you ask a question, that intuition, it's a blast. As a 
splenic projector it's that instant moment of knowing if you start to think and wonder about it then comes in the beliefs the promises the stories all the programming that we have we can consider these things and a message from our body is slightly lost so how do you how do you go about coaching guiding allowing people to hear those those sort of whispers from the body that we've maybe lost lost touch with well for everyone is different and so this is one of the things that i loved about when i shifted from working in the Chicago public schools and working as a speech language pathologist. And I was doing this weird woo woo, cool, different energy work on the side. And I started to meld the two. I was like, oh, wow, I could use my training as a special ed teacher hmm. with how do people connect with their bodies? I can look at, well, how does this person take in information? How do they process it? How does it come out? And for each person, it's a little bit different. And the same thing goes with how people perceive energy. So I, I'll start off with something that is very accessible, like, well, what's the best way that you learn? For some people, it's visual. For some people, it's mm. auditory. For some people, it's experiential, kinesthetic. And then I can see, okay, let's tap into that and expand upon that more. And let's get your yes and your no with your body. And I wonder if it's going to be louder for you, given that that's where you often learn best. And it often is the case. There's often an overlap there. And so I, I ask people to get really loose, not lock any joints. And I ask them to ask their body, body, what's our yes today? Body, what's our no today? And there'll be a movement or a sound, a sensation, a, a tingling, whatever that is for each of us. Again, it's different. And then we can use that to guide our decisions throughout mm. the day. But it's not like, oh, whatever the body says goes, just like if it's your best friend, whatever your best friend says, you're not going to always listen. But if you do listen to it, it'll make your experience with your body a lot easier. And so when I started to do that with my business, that made a big, big difference too. Yeah. And I'll caveat that with the <laughs> crumb. It's, it's, it's the same as AI. You have to be able to, everyone's like, oh, this AI with, this, with, with copywriting and messaging, oh, it's going to change the world. You still have to ask it the right question. So yeah. let's put AI aside. That just came to me in, in the moment. I thought I'd share that. Right. But it's the it's it's the body. You have to ask the right question. Should I go this way? That's what's one very default question. Um, yeah. Should I do this? That's one question. Is it for my greater good now? Should I do it? There's the caveat. Is it for my greater good? For someone else's greater question. good? Yeah. So there are some, the, the nuances to questioning. Oh my gosh, that's where it becomes maybe super powerful. And that's maybe where clarity comes in. And we were chatting for a while before we, we press record about clarity and understanding. That's, that plays a huge part. So let's, let's jump and, into that. And the relationship with safety too. Like if you don't feel safe and secure in your environment, in your business, in how you're in your relationships, it makes getting those messages more difficult because you're off functioning from those feelings, those reactions, those programs you mentioned earlier, instead of, okay, what's awareness that's beyond all of these things that are, that are rocking my world that are trying yeah. to like push up against me. And where is that? We're just riffing here on principles and all this, all this is amazing because where are you coming from? What's driving the bus? If, if fear is driving your decision, your email, uh, whatever it might be, that is the wrong kind of energy. That person shouldn't, you know, that emotion shouldn't be driving. I keep saying, get in the back seat with the iPad, 
we're all the other emotions <laughs> you're needed you have to come with me but oh my gosh you're not driving this because that action or rather the reaction the reaction, the reaction rather than response is fueled with i'm trying to stop this from happening rather than complete honesty authenticity alignment curiosity there's so much more that goes into that so i want to talk about this from a sort of business perspective so it's all good and well saying what other people should do and here's the good things that we know it's like okay let's let's make this real what was it like for you when you when you got into this and said yes this is this is the business that i that i want to be doing how did you utilize this knowledge and these tools and where was it maybe maybe slightly harder even though you knew all the right stuff doing it in the moment that can be different right absolutely and it's not just one time it was multiple times and so if anybody ever tells you in business oh yeah you're gonna have your your idea your mission and vision you're gonna set it up it's gonna go vroom, 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 and you're never gonna have to make any other pivots and changes and, and adapt anything they're full of shit <laughs> that's not that's not it at all um and it's certainly and I've, you know, it hasn't been my experience, but also talking with other entrepreneurs, it has, I mm. haven't heard that be the case for anybody, but yeah. I think that some people think that and they, they'll, they'll set themselves up to judge themselves, to be disappointed. Um, so with my journey, gosh, it was, I was working in the Chicago public schools and as a speech language pathologist and legally, you're not supposed to have more than 60 kids on your caseload. And I had 90. And I was supervising another clinician. They were sending us off to do different things. And I very quickly was like the very reason why I want to do this, because I thought I was going to be a lifelong school speech language pathologist. The very reason why I wanted to do this is getting eroded by the system. And so how could I do this job in a way that is with integrity that I can look those parents in the eyes and be like, I got your kid. We caught him early. We're going to work together on this. It'll be, we'll, we'll make progress. I yeah. couldn't look them in the eye honestly anymore. And that's unacceptable to me. So I started to look at other options. And at the same time, this was exactly when I was going through big upheavals with my health, where I was being told what I mentioned earlier. Hey, if you don't change something, you're going to die. So it was, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that this was happening at the same time, because when you're looking dead, death in the face, you're like, if I'm going to leave a legacy, if this is the last couple of years of my life, how do I want to do business? And that question, as much as my, I'm getting emotional to say, <laughs> like that question, as much as my health is way better and I don't have any medications anymore and I'm not, my, my immune system isn't underground like it used to be is one of the things I still check in on because it makes sure that I'm, that I'm being authentic to myself, that I'm including what's going to light me up, that it's like, like, instead of being like, Oh God, I got to go and do business now. It's like, I get to do this. Yeah. And that is not a small difference. Yeah. And so I started to look at some possibilities and ways that I could do things that still use my skills and my strengths that also got me more excited and that I could have that level of integrity and honesty with the people I was working with. And so I shifted to home health and was working with early intervention, which is birth to three kiddos and, and the daycares and homes all over Chicagoland, and then started doing parent workshops and staff trainings because people were asking for how to work with neurodivergent people and 
how to identify skills and work on socio-emotional health. And, and then the parents started asking for something different. And this is the thing. When you ask these questions of, okay, how else can I do business my way? How else can I do business in a way that's authentic to me? You ask, I ask, and I just let things show up. And it never shows up the way you expect. And so I thought it was going to be somebody else from out here, from this therapeutic energy world that's going to come. No, it was the parents I was working with that said, so CDs, I love the progress you're making. I think this is great. Is there anything else that we could do to speed up the process to like help out my child? I love the way you work with them. And then I was like, oh, I guess it's time (laughs) for me to mention this thing over here. That moment is beautiful. And there's you know, the whole joke about you could be, oh, you could ignore that. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm waiting for another sign. I'm waiting for something yeah. else. I'm going to say no to you. Where it's like, hold on, hold on. Is is this the thing? So I I, I trust that God, universe, source drops in all these kind of nuggets and, and breadcrumbs for us. We have to be on the lookout. And if we're in a place of fear or doubt or worry or not open, allowing to receive, yeah. We can easily miss these these little nuggets. Um, and I guess that's where a lot of assumptions come in, where I I want to do it in a different way and I want it this way. And we can look at our inbuilt, inbuilt filter to see all the ways that we want to go in rather than just open and allow. So with your releasing, go on, do your thing, and then be able and open to see it is, and then, of course, act on it. So this is some... It sounds so simple, but there are some beautiful traits here to cultivate, to work on, to see. Um, it's it's just so playful. Yeah, well, that's what the kids do. So that's anytime I don't really have time with the kids and I'm not working with some kids in some way, it like affects my emotional regulation. It affects like my sanity. It's like they 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 think I'm helping them. No, they keep me here, like present mm. and. And irreverent, like they, they remind me to have a childish enthusiasm for living and to not take things quite so seriously and to let go of control, which is what was the one of the first lessons in that was like, I was trying to keep this stuff over here, the evidence-based speech language pathology and learning disability stuff here, and then all the energy work there. And I had to let go of that control to really start to create a business that was going to be mm. the one that lit me up. And each time I let go of control over and over again, it allows for that to show up, but I still got to choose it every time. And it's not, it can be very uncomfortable. Oh, uncomfortable. Good word. Right. Let's, let's go into that because let go of control and action. Now, again, maybe nuance is a theme running through this episode. It's, it's so nuanced where what for you is letting go of control and allowing, putting it out there versus taking let's call it action or inspired action because mm-hmm. that there's it's so easy to let go of control rather than do the thing and maybe we're not doing a thing because it's the fundamentally the wrong thing for us or maybe it's because it's just so uncomfortable that we don't want to therefore we will we can we can hide behind all these things i'm just gonna let go of control which means i don't have to do the scary thing how do you work through those those nuances well, for me, given, you know, my childhood that was very unstable and well, stable in some ways and unstable in others, there was lots of divorces and moving and things like that. And most of my siblings having disabilities. So we were in the hospital all the time and therapies and surgeries. 
I think I erroneously, it fit a need back then, but now as an adult and when doing business, me having letting go of control for me personally means being more receptive, Mm. not, not feeling like I have to plan everything out for everybody around me to avoid being hurt or avoid being rejected. Like I thought my parents that I was working with that loved me, adored me, was super grateful for me, were going to reject me as soon as they realized that I was doing this different woo-woo stuff on the side. And if anything, they were like more open because they were like, oh, you're different. I can talk to you about different things that I can't talk to about these other people. So then they would talk to me about so many more things than just the speech and language that I was giving to their kids. And that led to me creating coaching programs that address all these other aspects of a family's dynamic beyond the speech and language piece. But the parents asked for that. So by me being willing to be like, all right, what do you got for me? Let's go. That led me to ask more questions about myself and about my business than I would have otherwise. So that level of the thing you were worried about, oh my gosh, it turned out to be something so beautiful. Mm-hmm. The honesty, the authenticity that comes from that, from just being being ourselves, being the true you, not following a template, not following, bring back to business, the marketing strategies or what other people say you should do or how you should work, how you should come across. It's like, no, I mean, we, Kate and I, we're potty mouths. We like swearing. It's fun. It's scientifically proven to help you as well, but it is quite fun. Mm-hmm. So there is all this stuff that goes with it. Be, be be yourself. Really do that, and to be able to open up with that fear and worry, and then see that it is safe. There is something so beautiful about that. So as you as you progress, because you're actually gone through so much, and your business is developing and evolving. What is it right now that's okay? You've you've hit that next level, and every time you get to a new level, there's new challenges, or the same challenges show up in a different way. What is it for you right now that you're you're kind of working through that's either, hey, this this has shown up before and now it's kind of a different level or, hey, this is, this is new. What's that like? Yeah, I'm looking at my hiring process and who I choose to add to my business and to my team. I've been really fortunate to work with amazing people around the world in mm. Italy, in Czech Republic, uh, in France, Australia, New Zealand, and I'm super grateful for them. And we all got our worlds rocked multiple times since 2020. And one of the things that that I loved about them that was kind of what started to be an issue over time is we were intimate. We were very close, even though we were around the world. And yet, because each of those people in the team dealt with something specific, there was no backup. Mm. And almost in every other area of my life, except for business, I have a plan B, plan C, plan D. And I didn't with this because it was moving so smoothly. We weren't anticipating what all the things that happened in their lives individually and in the world. And Mm. so now I'm looking for how to change my hiring practices and how to let go again and let go of control so that I can hand off things in a way that's sustainable instead of being like I hand it off, something happens to them personally and I got to take it back on my plate and then I hand it off and I take it back and so there's not and it affects my consistency it affects my consistency not just with business and content creation but also with my self-care with the quality of my relationships outside of work those are all important 
those yeah. are all things that I that I want to nourish as well. So that's where I'm at right now. And that's there's a lot in that of again, you you know the ability of letting go. You know what you kind of should be doing. You've seen the when you open up and be truthful that it's received in a loving way. And oh my gosh, that was nowhere near what it could have been with, with your parents, for example. However, from a business perspective, you've been burnt. Maybe not by the person, but by the circumstance. So therefore, there's a little bit of fear, a little bit of safety, a little bit of protection coming through, whether it's conscious or subconscious. So these things, people talk about programming. It sounds like it's what happens in the past. Sometimes it's our experience and you don't want that to happen again. So do, do you, maybe I'm completely off base here. Do you find that that's kind of fueled your, deci your decisions and fueled your thoughts around this as you come into hiring because you want to make sure that doesn't happen again? So it's almost... It's make there we're back to resistance, back to a little bit of resistance, or what do you say, crunchy? Yeah, a little that that crunchy, crispy. Yeah, I definitely was the case when it was initially shifting. Mm. I was like, okay, I can't keep having people like this revolving door in the same way, or I need to have a system in place so that if people are rolling in and out, it doesn't impact things so much. Mm. Um, and so I've been reaching out to my colleagues about this, and and. To asking questions about the hiring process, but in the it's lasted so long that now one of the things I have to contend with is okay, the revenue was impacted, the inflow was impacted while all the stuff was coming in and out. So if I hire somebody that does have their own team, they cost more than these independent contractors. So do I have the money to pay this? That is actually what the system that is going to be more effective for me. Mm. That is going to take me to this next chapter. Um, I, one of the things that made me hesitant years ago before I got even independent contractors is I didn't want anyone's livelihood to, for it, for me to be able to impact someone's livelihood that way. I wanted to be sure that I had the money to pay them. I would mm. pay them before paying myself. I would pay them before a lot of other things because I wanted to make sure that they felt valued and seen and that it wasn't like, oh, see, this is that she's just so unreliable, like, and she's they're gonna leave anyway. So again, a, a bit of a fear-based thing, but also because I knew the other side when I was doing contractual work with other people, I wanted to make sure that my butt was covered. <laughs> and and so now I'm looking at that and being like this weird in-between spot of like, I know that these are the next steps that are required, but I also know that these are the money that's required to do that. And it's, it's right, it's showing up, but it's in this flux right now. Okay, let's break this down. This is beautifully put. So this in-between section, exactly where you are right now, you're coming to this, this new chapter over here. Mm -hmm. On the podcast, I'm, I'm pointing this direction. <laughs> you're coming to this new, new place over here, but you're bringing in the, the, the thoughts, the promises, the beliefs of the old version you're considering about what they would think, how you can you know, help them. There's a lot of pressure there. Think about your old ways of thinking, what you thought was when you were that, that contractor, what your needs were there. So again, our mind has been fractured between the past, someone else, um, where you want to go. So that future vision, we always say, what got you to your point right now won't get you to the next level. You're about to hit this next level using the same challenges thoughts beliefs emotional states as before that was where i was at earlier in the year like let's yeah. say november of 2022 
that's where I was at because that's where all this flux was changing. And I was mm. like, I have to just change my business. I'm changing my business. So I just kept throwing things in, adding other things. But as it kept more and more people kept having these issues come up, that kept going more because I wasn't really thinking that I had to do things the way I did before because it the world wasn't the same. The people weren't the same. My business has changed. Yeah. And yet the multiple times since then, and I'm hearing you, Mark, I really am. I'm taking it in. <laughs> this is not resistance. I'm not, but I did want to clarify this one thing. Each time I would be trying these different systems, I'm very good at, I'm willing to change anything. Let's do it. Let's toss the baby out with the bathwater if it's needed. But what if the bathwater is what we need or the baby is what we need, whatever it is. And I would be tweaking. That takes time and bandwidth and energy that I didn't have mm. when personally I'd had multiple people in the hospital, multiple people passing away, having my own health issues coming up that I hadn't had any health issues since my 20s. So over 20 years and all of the stuff was hitting at the same time, mm. housing issues where I was living, was having like multiple, again, my first two months of living there was multiple maintenance requests. I have an amazing amount of resilience. I can fully honestly acknowledge that I can do one, two, even three areas of my life imploding, shaking it up chaos. But when every area, which is what this last year entailed was mm. exploding, I was like, what the fuck? What else is going to come at me? It was to the point that I almost didn't even want to try anything else because mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if I have the bandwidth for this. Yeah. And I, so then I had to then address the health and go something different so that then it can impact my business in a positive way. But mm -hmm. that was, and that because my body was screaming again, listening to the body, my body was screaming, being like, we need to change something first. We're us first, us first, us. I was thinking business and my clients and these people waiting for me and they're waiting for this, this next class or whatever. And I had to take care of me first to have that clarity on what can I choose? What kind of business can I have now given all of this? Mm. And it, it really shook things up. Um, I, I even wrote a blog about it, just being like, hey, this is, what have I learned in the last couple of months, years around resilience? And it was very different than what I thought. It isn't like you're just being strong no matter what's going on. It's also taking those pauses and breaks so that you're asking the questions that you're talking about from a yeah. place of calm. Yeah, that, again, that nuance there. I mean, yeah, I'm, I want to challenge and, and put these questions across. But one, because before we came on, you were like, yeah, you want to be challenged. You want questions. This yeah. is how you digest and process. It's mm -hmm. kind of, you, you know, if you're making excuses or justifying, or if it's actually real, you know that, and, and you know, your body does, but your point right now, in that moment, is it the business or is it us? Is it me? And to find that clarity. And you know, we have this all the time talking with, with, with our, our clients, which is from a business perspective, you can, you can change the action. Maybe it's a marketing strategy. Maybe it's a direction. You can change that. But if you don't change fundamentally the mindset, the energy, what you, how you're fueling this, mm -hmm. maybe that new one isn't going to work. It's not always about changing the action, the business. Sometimes you do have to change that. But the most important thing is to change oneself. Yeah. unforget yourself. You are the most important aspect of the business. And if you're able to change that, maybe the structure, the business, the strategies, change your perspective, tweak your approach. Potentially nothing else in the business has to change and things will start to 
oh, there we are. That's the right cog that fits in there. Now things are moving. You found the right way. So I think there's a beautiful nuance in what you just said about come back in. All these bombs, everything's blowing up in your life. Okay, yes. what is it? What is it trying to tell me? What am I not hearing? And without being all Pollyanna syndrome and thinking the best out of everything for no reason, what is it? What's the message that I'm just not hearing? Where's the benefit? Where is this going? There's something terrifying, but so beautiful about that. Well, and I got a big aha from what you just said. So thank you so much for that. Um, when you asked me to talk about where I started, it's like a big full circle because I think one of the things I need to let go of is the identity of what I declared when I first started my job, when I first got out of grad school, which was, I'm going to be a lifelong school speech language pathologist. So no matter what I was doing with business, private coaching, therapeutic energy work, whatever classes, I still kept that cord to the schools. That was still very important to me. And something that I learned when I first left the schools, but I still kept working in a system that was feeding into the schools, was you get to choose what type of relationships you have. You get to choose how people treat you through your actions, through what you allow them to do. And if a system, if a, if a space is abusive to you, it's not okay. And I'm not saying that all schools are abusive, even though a lot of them have become that way. And that's why a lot of teachers are leaving right now. But to be willing to let go of what I decided was who I was for the last 20 years. That's what I'm contending with right now, because that would be very liberating in a lot of ways with how I do business. But at a cellular level, at an underlining belief system way, being raised by two teachers, two bilingual educators, it's almost like I'm having to, I'm having to break up with them again. And I thought that I had before, so I didn't think that this was still running so strong, but that's also how much I care so much about the schools and the kids and giving the people in those first line of defense positions, these types of tools and these types of support. And yet, if it's hurting you, if it's bad for your health, if it's not allowing you to do the business that you know is possible, it's time for a change. And that's one of the things that I'm getting from this discussion is there's the underlining beliefs, but I think the bigger clunky boulder of it is this identity piece for me. Like where is it where we're identifying as a certain thing or a certain way of functioning that is actually becoming like an anchor or stopping us from striving? What is the anchor? As I write that down, what you just said there was beautifully put. I love the real time understanding. And thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably. Uh, I just want to bring this back, I just extract it back into sort of the global presence here, which is, you know, whether it's a relationship, a business, a product, um, ourselves, 
is it serving me? Is this right? What do we need to let go of? It is a breakup. It is a loss. Someone does die. Yet our old selves has to die. And we're clinging on to that past. So this right here, is it easy? Hell no. But what's on the other side of that? Oh my gosh, to break up with that old version of ourselves that thought we were going to do this. It can be emotional. Yeah. As you said, it can be liberating. Yeah. Cities, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here. Thank you. That was really good. That's, I know I'm going to keep rippling out and having further ahas <laughs> as I process this discussion. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing and, and pondering and, and challenging me and having, having fun along the way. It was, it's been so much fun. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. And if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? Well, they can visit me at um, any social media platform like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And then I also have my website, empoweringlightlanguage.com. Uh, I respond really well to email. So empoweringlightlanguage at gmail.com is also available to anybody. But I just, I really love, love this discussion. And, you know, this is some of the things that I do when it comes to self-care and listening to children and their bodies. I have a podcast as well called Choosing a Different Future. And that's on over 450 platforms from TV and podcast. So you can find us almost anywhere. And we talk about this kind of vulnerable stuff. I laugh, I cry. I usually don't fart. You know, I, I don't make any promises, but yeah, <laughs> we get really silly. And I have guests every couple of weeks and we nice. just talk about this stuff that's, that melds the woo-woo and, and the science and the things that are about our self-care and connecting with our bodies in just different ways of our lives. So if that's something that resonates, I would love to have more listeners. Awesome. Well, if that sounds cool, or you're just curious, go check it out. But again, Cities, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.